Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. And let's just read a few verses and we'll look at a lot of other scripture as we go through this. Um, Romans 5 verse number 6 please. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man someone would, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by, his de- by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. As your children. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. In this assembly. We thank you for your faithfulness Lord. Throughout our lives. And we just tell you that we love you. And we worship you. We love your son. He's our life. He's our all and all. And he's our everything. He's our very heart's beat and our lungs breath. Our waking and closing thought. We thank you for the precious blood that he shed. Thank you for this great salvation. Perfect, full and free. We thank you for the redemption that is found in Christ. We thank you Lord that you're almighty yet you're so gentle. Father, what can we say? There are times we're lost for words to praise you. We worship you in the spirit. And we worship you in the word. The truth of thy word. Lord, bless your people this morning. Bless them all under this roof. And those who are watching live or later, bless, speak, and encourage. Touch Lord, you can heal from the hearing of your word. We thank to those who aren't with us this morning, who are unwell. And we ask you, Lord, to help them. Those we mentioned earlier, Lord, we ask you to help them. Think of Wendy unwell this morning. Will you touch her? Will you strengthen her? Lord, we know that you can do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask of you. Or even more than we could ever think. Father, we ask you now that you... We hear an answered prayer. Father, we thank you for the good news of answered prayer this week. And we pray, Lord, you continue in like manner to glorify your own wonderful, beautiful, marvelous, and precious Son, the lover of our souls, the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we ask it. Amen. It's good also to see, oh, she's out. Good also to see Karis was in the hospital a couple of days there. And it's good to see you here, Daniel. Good to see you out as well.
this morning. Last week we spoke on reject your past, live for the present, and embrace your future. Reject your past, live for the present, and embrace your future. And when we looked at it, we, um, I don't want to do a big recap, so we'll just throw the points of it out. You can listen to it online or CD or whatever way if you'd like to catch up with it. And the thing about it is, is our past can be in our minds a lot, can torture us. And it's understanding as a believer now, we're talking about born again, blood-wise Christians, it's understanding who you are in Christ. Your past believer, blood-wise, your past is gone. You're forgiven. Thank the Lord. Thank God for his precious blood. And thank God for his grace. It's gone. And even though there are those who have come up, maybe you see it from a young age, and you say, well, I haven't had much of a past yet, but every sin you've committed are forgiven. And when they come against us, they can tear us down, and the old devil would love to either use other people or comes the whisper in your ear to tell you just how unworthy you are. Listen, we're all unworthy. But in Christ, we're worthy. Because he's worthy. The worthiness of Christ is on the believer this morning. And it's understanding who we are, so it's reject your past. Embrace the present where you are today. And, pardon me, live for the present and embrace the future. So when we looked at this, here's some of the little quick points. First of all, reject the past. Verse 6, Lula says, For when we were yet without strength. That's the past. We were yet without strength. Christ died, isn't that right, for the ungodly. So he's died for us, that's our past. So we have to reject that which was before our conversion to Christ, our blood washing. In verse 8, if we look at it, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the past. So our past is under the blood. Our past is washed away. Our past is forgiven. But the blood of the Lamb isn't just for the past. It's for the present. And his blood has enough power for the future. Sins washed away. Past, present, and future. So we look at verse 10. For if when we were enemies. We were enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Notice when we were enemies, past, we were in the past, that is at the cross, reconciled to God. And we're reconciled to God, why? How, sorry? By the death of his son. The cross work of Christ. Everything centers around the cross. Do you see that? Everything centers on the blood of Jesus. Everything centers on the finished work of Christ on Calvary, Golgotha's hell. And look, if there's anything else in our lives, it's all centered around Christ. So our past, our present, and our future all depends upon the cross work of Christ. Everything to do with your salvation, our whole redemption, is to do with the cross work of Christ. And the reason why I say this so, um, to, to put layer upon layer, 
is because when you go home, I said it last week, it's all right when we're here, we're singing, and Billy sung a beautiful piece, wasn't it? And there was a lovely anointing on it, and it was lovely, and it was beautiful, Billy. And that's good, and we're praising the Lord, and that's good, and we're sitting here together, and that's good, and that's how we get strength, and that's where we should be. But nevertheless, when you go home and close your door, it's you and your problems and your, 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 your trials and your struggles. It's you and God, or else you and the devil. You and the things that assail you and attack you. And yes, we can help, we can encourage, but it's you. And it's knowing who you are in Christ, that's how you get the victory. That's how you get through, that's how you defeat him. That's how you win the battle, as it were. The war's won, but there's many battles throughout that war. The war's won, Christ has won it all. And it's up to you and I to realize the war has been won. Christ crushed the serpent's head when he died on the cross. A great victory was wrought, and he made a show of them openly. And that victory is ours this morning. Everything's done at the cross. Everything was given to us when we were saved. The cross work of Christ. Brothers and sisters, it's understanding the blood of Jesus. It's not just about a song. It's not a past thing happened in 2,000 or so plus years ago. The blood of Jesus is still as powerful this very moment, is still as potent, and is still as wonderful as it was shed that very day at Calvary. The power of the blood, it's what speaks in heaven. The power of the blood speaks. The blood still speaks for you and for me. And so when all of these things come, it's all about the blood of Christ. It's about what he has accomplished at the cross. It's about what he has done, what for us, and what he's given to us when we have been saved. So look, we were without strength. We were uh, yet sinners, and we, in verse 10, were enemies. Notice, without strength, couldn't save ourselves. We were sinners. That's who we were, to our nature. And we were enemies. Totally the total depravity of human nature. Unable to save yourself. Doesn't matter what we would try or what we would do. No matter how, we, how hard we would try and strive. There was a, a, a lady two weeks ago, two Saturdays ago, came up to me. And I was in the town. And bless her, she, she is so sincere come up with a flyer to me and I thought it was a, like a tract or an invitation to a gospel concert or something and I said what is it there she says it's to have your sins forgiven I said is it what is it it's to go for a pilgrimage up Croke Patrick would you like to come I said oh dear bless her life that doesn't wash away our sin that doesn't pay for anything. There it's all being done. Jesus paid it all, brother. Jesus paid it all, sister. His blood. And listen, he knew you before you were born. He knew the sin you... I'll talk about me because I was going to say something I don't want to offend anyone. He knew the rotten, dirty, filthy, guilty, hell-deserving sinner I was. And he loves... And has loved the unlovable. And he's reached 
and he reaches the unreachable. And he saves and he keeps the unsavable. Nothing we could do. Christ has paid it all. The blood has been shed. The debt has been paid. The ransom was found. The blood still speaks in glory. And you are a new creature in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. So we were without strength. We were yet sinners. We were enemies to God. So reject your past. Live for the present. That's who you are. And we looked at embracing your future. Remember your future is the glorious coming of Christ. The resurrection of the dead. The changing of the body. To be fashioned to be like his glorious body. And to be in his kingdom and glory forever and ever and ever. Embrace it, brother. Embrace it. Look toward it. So we'll look a bit more at that this morning. Here's some scriptures. We'll not need to turn to them because we just want to do it for time's sake. Try and put quite a bit out there. For example, in Hebrews 9 and verse 28, notice it says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Would you say once offered? Say it again. Christ was once offered. He's not offered up many times. Once. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Who's the many? I'm looking at them. You're you're one of the many, and you're many of the many. Some of the many. That's you, that's me. Bear, once offered to bear the sins of the many. And unto them that look for him, brace your future. Unto them that look for him, brother, sister, are you you looking for him? Unto them that look for him, he shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. In Hebrews chapter 10 and in verse 10. We're told that we are sanctified. Notice present tense. We're rejecting the past. The devil tells you all this, that, and the other about how bad you were and you could never have been forgiven. Or look how bad you are. Reject that past. And it's, I know it's difficult, but there's been hurts and disappointments. Reject it. It'll only tear you down. Only break you up. Reject it. You're not living there anymore. It doesn't hold you anymore. Listen, see when the past can grip you and grab you, no matter what it's been, whether it's been something spiritual or physical or mental or whatever, once you allow it to grab you in this present time, it doesn't become your past anymore. It becomes your present. And you don't become the victor. You still allow it to make you the victim. You're more than a conqueror through him that loved you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So we say, you know, it's blood wash. I'm not going back there. I'm not allowing the hurt to hurt me anymore. I'm not allowing the disappointments and the disillusionments. It could have been in church or somewhere else. I'm not allowing it to affect me. It's in the past. Lord, I know I'm moving on because I'm embracing the future. But while I'm waiting on the future, I'm living in the present for the glory of Christ. <coughs> living for your glory. I know it can be difficult. I've had disappointments and disillusionments and hurts and many things in the past, but you've got to let it go. 
let it go. Embrace the joy of the day. What is the joy of the day? You belong to Christ. What is the joy of the day? You're washed in the blood. What is the joy of the day? You're saved by grace through faith in him. What is the joy of the day? Here's your joy of today. That you're on the road to glory. That you're one of the many that Christ was offered up for. Think about it. God gave his only begotten son for you. When the world or whoever it was or even an abuser or someone, a user or someone or something that's hurt you in the past who thought they would rob and steal and kill and destroy you in your life, God loved you and says, see her, see him, they're mine. And I give my son, I love him that much. He loves you. Child of God, he loves you. Listen, you're a victor over the past. Let it go because that's where it is. You don't live there anymore. It doesn't have any hold on you when you don't allow it. And I know it can be difficult. Forgive me if I'm, if I'm sounding harder. It's to try and help you. It's to try and encourage you. So Hebrews 10 and 10, we are sanctified. Notice, we are present tense. Would you say, I am? I am. Sanctified? Sanctified. Present tense. We are. Not we will be. We are. So notice, we are justified. We are sanctified. We're being kept. Do we fail? Yes. Do we fall and falter and let the Lord down? Yes. But nevertheless, in grace, we're going on and his sanctification is still upon us. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Just the once it was done, and that's all it needed. So much is the power of the blood of the Lamb. Isn't that mighty? In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, listen to what Paul says. In whom, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption. We have it. That seed of full redemption is in us. We already possess it. In other words, we are bought. Our bodies one day will be fully redeemed because we're in these rotten old flesh and blood bodies. But we have, this moment you can say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. And redemption is to buy something back that was once lost, now found. You're redeemed. You've been bought back to God. You've been bought back. So you are redeemed. In whom we have redemption. How? Through his blood. See how everything's centralizing on the cross work of Christ. Everything's centralizing on the blood of Jesus. Everything focuses, pivots, and is centered on Christ alone. Everything. Our justification, our sanctification, our redemption, our salvation, all of it is centered on the cross work of Christ. Take the cross work of Christ out of history and take the cross work of Christ out of our faith and we have nothing. We're like brute beasts, animals dead in spirit toward God. Live, breathe, die and just go to the devil's hell in the lake of fire. Think about this. But we have redemption through his blood. Notice the forgiveness of sins. See when the devil comes. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed devil. 
See, when the problems come, they'll know that's who I used to be. I'm redeemed through his blood. I'm forgiven. I, according to the riches of his grace. The word according is with a kata, which is the dominance, the pressing down it gives. The riches of grace. I mean, it means grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Dominated our lives and dominates our lives. A failure, Lord, every day. A failure in my waking hours and a failure in my sleeping moments. But a failure. And grace says... It's dominating your life. A failure in my thought life. And a failure how you act sometimes. And a failure what I do. Lord, a failure. I'm trying to walk right. I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to live holy life. But it's impossible, this old body. I'm trying to keep every commandment, as it were. I'm trying to produce, as it were, the fruit of the Spirit with your help. But I'm failing. And the riches, the dominance, the pressing down of his grace, it applies from the blood of the Lamb. The Spirit answers to the blood and tells you, you're born of God. Failed you, Lord. I can't come into your presence. Don't you let the devil tell you that. I failed you, Lord. You'll never use me again. Don't you let the devil tell you that. I've let you down, Lord, and this time, you know, I feel feel like I can never even come to pray. Don't you let the devil tell you that. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. It's all about the blood. It's all about the cross. It's all about the sacrifice. It's about the offering of the blood of Jesus once and for all. It's about him. He is center. He hath the preeminence in all of our lives and our salvation, our redemption, our justification, our re- everything. Everything is about Christ and his cross work. All of it. And it all rests on Jesus. Isn't he wonderful, isn't he? Isn't he wonderful, brothers and sisters? So, here's a wee pointer for you. I'll just throw this out here, and then I want to look at a couple of quick points before we close, because time's racing. I have enough here to do me about 10 weeks, so I'll just pick a couple of bits out. So, reject your past, you're justified. Okay, you're justified. What justification is, just as if you never sinned. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine me, just as if I never sinned. It's hard, it's hard to grasp hold of. Should we live our lives right? Absolutely. Should we strive to walk with God in righteousness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we fail the Lord all the time? Absolutely. <coughs> but you're just as if you're never sinned. What justified means you are declared righteous. Father looks at you. So the old devil would come, the accuser of the brethren. I'll use you, Richard. Is that all right? Sorry, Richard. I'm not pointing you out for anything here. It's just. And there's Richard striving to go on with God and. Feeling like us all. And the old devil loves to come and say, Richard, that man, Richard Campbell, he's your child. What about this? And what about that? Look what he, did you hear what he said? What he thought? And you know, he may be right at times, but when the father looks at him, he doesn't see Richard just directly to Richard. 
Father looks at him through the medium of his son. It's like he's standing there. There's the blood. There's the sacrifice. The devil's going, look at him, look at him. The father looks at Richard and says, sin? What sin? I see no sin. Just the blood of my son. Isn't that powerful, isn't it? You are justified. He says, he's righteous. Do you deserve it? No, you do not. No, none of us do, Richard, by the way. Is it helping you to understand these things? Notice, when we say justification, you're free from the penalty of sin, okay? Justification means you are free from the penalty of sin. Penalty of sin, the wages of sin is death. So you're free from a lake of fire. Justification is you are free from the penalty of sin. Sanctification is every day when the Lord is with his grace and his spirit through the blood and the righteousness of Christ on us. He's enabled us to walk right. So now, Richard, you've got to walk right. All of us do. We just can't sin and go willfully, habitually into an open course of sin and think it's all right because of the blood and the grace and all of that. No, no, no. We are to walk right. We are to possess our vessels and walk before God. Live right. Do right. And if there's something needs uh, fixed in your life, in your home, you need to put it right. Sanctification is a process. Walking every day. So, when we are justified, we're free from the reality, the penalty of sin. Sanctification is you're free from the power of sin. So the sin, even though you feel, has no power over you. Because you're under the blood. You're repentant of your sin. The Spirit will... will you see, the, the, the law of God is written in our hearts. Isn't that right? So the Spirit speaks to us through the law of God. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. So if you steal something and you don't feel any guilt for it, there's something wrong. <laughs> not only wrong because you stole, it's wrong because you're not convicted. Or wrong because you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Grace is not a license for you to sin. But it's an endowment of power to keep us from sinning. So... Justification, we're free from the penalty of sin. Sanctification, we're free from the power of sin. And when Christ returns and changes our filed body, that's glorification. Embrace your future. That's glorification. You'll be free from the presence of sin because all sin will be eradicated and destroyed and you won't have those old fleshy bodies. So you're with me? Okay. Reject your past. Live. For the present, embrace your future. Embrace your future. Justification is the removal of the guilt and penalty of sin. It's the bestowal of a righteous standing in Christ before God's holy and perfect law. Sanctification is the progressive work of the Holy Spirit in and during the Christian life. And this convincing and convicting to go on sin no more. That's sanctification. So it says you failed. Yes, get up and go on. Move on. Repent and plead the blood and off you go. The power of the blood, you're righteous in Christ. 
move on and be an overcomer of that past or that sin that you've committed and learn to walk right. Go and sin no more. And glorification, simply put, is the glorification of our bodies. If you want, when you go home, you can read 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18, and 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 58. Paul's speaking of the glorification of the body. That's your future. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, Paul speaks of, we are waiting for, pardon me, speaks of the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. So the creation and all that's happening is groaning at the minute, all these earthquakes and tsunamis and volcanoes and the earth's groaning. You know what for? Even creation is looking for the coming of Christ. Even the creation's looking more for the coming of Christ than a lot of Christians are. But the manifestation of the sons of God, it's a word apocalypsis, and it means the revealing, the laying bare, the disclosure of truth, or the appearance. And that's your future. The manifestation is Christ bringing many sons to glory. Many daughters, many sons to glory. So that's the changing to embrace your future. By the word, by the way, whenever we read there in Romans eight and nine, the earnest expectation. It's a word apokaradokia, and this is what it means. Apo means away from. So here's this pulpit. I walk away from. Okay, that's apo. And then you have kara, which means the head. And then you have dokean, which means to watch. This is the idea that creation is looking for to see not only itself being changed when Christ returns, but to see you and I changed. It's embracing your future more than you are, brothers and sisters. It's embracing the coming of Christ more than you are, you and I are sometimes. Creation believes more than the coming of Christ, if you want to, or it's looking for, or maybe believe is a wrong word, and looking for the coming of Christ with all of these things that are happening more than many Christians, as I said. But here's what this big word means. It's as though you're looking up like up with an next stretch down. It's a picture it gives. Creation is not only looking for that, for the coming of Christ, but for the manifestation of you and I. Creation is embracing the time when you and I are changed. When you and I rule and reign with Christ on the earth. And then there will be a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So Paul means that. Even creation is looking for it. Will you turn with me to Micah, please? And when, when we look at this, I want you to sort of, I want to break this down quite a bit for you. Um, I'll maybe lift out, I'll maybe lift out two verses. Okay, so let's go to chapter 7. Let's just lift two verses for time's sake. Verses 19 and 20. 
tell you what, let's go from verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. That's all happened, hasn't it, in Christ? Notice, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And thou will perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn unto our fathers the days of old. Notice verse 19. Well, thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Now, we can already get a mental picture of, well, casting sins into the depths of the sea. You, you get that picture, don't you? Let me strengthen this word for you. Just to, I want to see sometimes when we, when we break a word up and, and feed it out, we can get a strength of it where it makes such a difference to the meaning of it. The word cast is the word shalak. That means to throw, to hurl, to fling, to cast. To throw, to hurl, to fling, to cast. Now, if you would maybe jot these down, we'll not go into it because it's too much, but when Joseph... Remember his brothers took him and put him in the pit? Well, this is what it says in Genesis 37 and verse 24. And they took him and cast him into the pit. The word cast is the same, shalak. They take Joseph. It wasn't just let's lower him down. They actually just threw him in. It's the idea. They hurled him into this pit. When Joseph was in the pit, did they hang around? They went on, didn't they? And to them, what they thought was Joseph was dead. Remember? They killed an animal, but they thought that's him away. And then they sold him on. Pardon me, his father thought it was dead. They sold him on to the... Uh, they call them? Huh? I forget their name now. To your men. <laughs> my mind has forgot their name. Do you remember he, he sold them to, the, to the, these people traveling? <laughs> Who went into Egypt? What? Was it the Midianites? Was it? I'll take your word for that. Then it was. Remember, he sold them, and uh, he went into Egypt. Do you remember that? So they thought that's him out of the road, never to be seen again. They cast him out. It's the idea of it. Don't want to look at him again. Let me give you another one. Exodus four and three. Remember, Moses had the staff in his hand. And the Lord says, cast your staff down before Pharaoh and it would turn into a snake. Okay? So Exodus 4 and 3 says, And he, Moses, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Then he lifts it by the tail. You know the story. The word cast is shalak. It wasn't just that Moses came and set his staff down. The idea is he came up to Pharaoh, cast the staff down like this. That's the idea of this word. Flung it down. Hurled it down. Turns into a snake. I'll give you another one. Deuteronomy 19 and verse 17. Moses comes down the mountain. Israel are playing and other gods are made. The golden calf and so on. He comes down with the two tables of stone written on both sides of it. And it says in Deuteronomy 9 and 17. And he took the two tables and cast them out of my two hands. Pardon me. And I took the two tables and cast them out of my two hands. And break them before your eyes, he says. So Moses just didn't come and just do that. The idea was, he was so angry, he smashed them down. And of course, broke the tablets 
And that gave the idea, you have broken the law of God. Because they're broken on the tablets. That's who they were in their heart and mind. And this is what we've all done, broke these laws. So you get the idea of this word cast. Your sins are cast. All your sins are cast. God has taken them in Christ. And the idea is, because of the power of the blood and the crosswork of Christ, it's as though God has taken them in Christ. You don't own them anymore, child. You don't bear them or carry them anymore. Why? Because I've cast them into the depths of the sea. You get the idea of the word cast anymore? He really just cast them from you. Like Joseph, his father thinks he's dead. His brothers, well, we'll never see him again. It's like Moses with the, the rod. It turns into a serpent and he slams it to the ground and it changes completely. Here's another one for you. Ezekiel 23 and verse 35. Ezekiel 23, 35. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, because thou hast forgotten me. Listen. He's saying that about, he can say that about you and I. He says it about Britain today. Northern Ireland. Because thou hast forgotten me and cast me behind thy back. God said that to Israel. Bear thou also thy lewdness and thy whoredoms, he says to the nation. God says, you have done with me the exact same. I want you, God. See how in the Hebrew is far more pictorial. Now you get, the, you get this idea of it. The idea is he... Men and women have hurled God out of the nation. They have hurled God out of the schools. They have hurled and cast them out of the, of the universities. They have hurled them out of society. We don't want you to get behind our back. That's the idea of this. And God says, I gave my son for you. And I've taken your sin. I've hurled it away from those who trust in him. One more of these. Zechariah 11 and 13. And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized out of them. And I took 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. It's not what Judas Iscariot done. Judas Iscariot came and cast the 30 pieces of silver. He says, You're casting me, that's what I'm worth to you. And you're casting it to the potter's feet. Broken pottery. Something that nothing can grow in. That's how I fit you deem my son. Brothers and sisters, can we get an idea this morning of what it's like? I'm trying to, I'm asking the Lord to draw you in here. Can you get an idea of what the father thinks of his beloved, his beautiful son? And people have cast him behind their back. But I gave him for you that he would cast your sins away. I don't want you. Get away from me. This is what he's worth to me. Price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. Here, take it. Do you see now how when Judas done that? Can you see the, the, the offense of the father? Can you see now 
in Britain, the offense to the Father. In Ulster, the offense to the Father. And yet, for you and I who love him, because he first loved us, he says, I've taken them. I've placed your sin, the penalty of it on you, my son. As far from the east is from the west. So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Isn't he marvelous? He's precious. Beautiful Jesus. I'm closing. If you live for the present, John Newton wrote, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be in another world. But still I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God I am what I am. Isn't that lovely? You're now justified. You're reconciled. Two minutes and I'll show you reconciliation. It's all from him. It's usually two parties exchanged, but here it's all him. And Romans 5 and 6. Romans 5 and 6. Let's turn to it. Listen to what he says. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. In due time. In due time. Now that's a Bible prophecy teaching there. Daniel chapter 9 will tell you about it. In due time when Christ would come. And in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, the word here is the word kata, and it's, it's part of the word, word for uh, reconciled. Reconciled is word katalasso, when it comes from kata and the lasso. So remember kata, dominance, the pressing down of something. Dominance, the press. So in due time, with the dominance of the prophetic scale, with the dominance of the spoken word of God to Daniel through the angel, with the dominance of God's predestined plan. So it means he domineered time and eternity. And with his dominance he came, sent forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law. And he took it all for us. God's dominance. You know why you're saved this morning and sitting in that seat? It's not of yourself. See, if it was up to you and I, you'd be in your bed or away out somewhere else. When the Lord's day, doing something maybe that we shouldn't be, or being somewhere where we shouldn't be in the Lord's day, it's the dominance of grace. It's the dominance of the Holy Ghost in you. It's the dominance of the authority of the Word. And it's the dominance of the Almighty. That's why you're here. That's why you're sitting here. In due time, the dominance of time, Christ died right at the right time. For the ungodly. The word alasso. Finish with this. You ready? 
1 Corinthians 15 and 51. I give you the scripture reference earlier. I'll just finish with this. So it's katalasso. So kata and alasso is the other word for reconciled, to be brought together. Okay? So with the dominance and alasso, kata, dominance, alasso means change. The dominance of a change. God was dominant in the change. You were dead in trespasses and in sins. You were on a broad road to destruction. You had the depravity of your human nature. You were unable to save yourself. You could do nothing to merit nor pay your way. But with the dominance of God's predestined plan, he came into this world and he gave his son to make a change. He done all the reconciling. You done absolutely nothing. How are you saved? Saved by grace alone. Isn't it powerful? I feel like jumping over that pulpit, standing my head, spinning around and spitting nickels when my toes open and closing. I really do. I'm encouraging me. The Spirit of God is in our midst this morning, brothers and sisters. The Spirit of God, the Spirit answers to the blood and tells me I am born of God. I'm not looking for a man to tell me if I'm saved or not. You must be joking. Or some people think you're off the devil. Some people think that you're a lovely person. And some people think, well, you're a nice Christian. The Lord calls me his own. Calls you his own. You're not resting in what others think of you, but what Christ hath done for you. And if I'm not careful, I can feel the Spirit moving. If I'm not careful, I'm having to try and control the tongue. Alas, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, when Christ returns, what the creation is groaning for, when Christ returns, where it's looking for the manifestation of the sons of God, what, when Christ returns, where he showed us a mystery. He says, we'll not all die. There's going to be people alive. There's going to be people in Christ who have died. He says, but we shall all be changed. Alasso is the word. And so with the dominance, God brought a change to men and women dying in their sin without hope and help. And Christ died for you. You're a child of God. He brought the change. But I, I chose Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, I picked Jesus. Oh, all of the, I asked Jesus. No, you didn't. You were dead. He done it all. Every part, every jot, every tittle, from Alpha to Omega, the beginning and the ending, it's all on Christ. It's all on Christ. Hold on, I get my breath. Look at that, all the pages of I. See when you go home. The 
devil tries to make a doubt. The things happened as pounds down. The voices, man, is in your ear. And you've been rubbished and ridiculed. And you're feeling depressed and low. And all seems to be coming against you. And you're on your own. Remember this. You're not on your own. You're his. Let this word. Paul says that the word of Christ. Dwell in you. Richly. Richly. Tim, come on up, will you please? The word of Christ dwell in you. Richly.